Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm joined today by Ted Williams. Ted serves as SharePoint Information Architect with Nationwide, and he's here today to talk with us about the nuts and bolts of enterprise search, why it fails, what he and his team are working on to make search smarter for their users. Ted Williams, welcome to the show. Dare I say, play ball. Play ball. There you go. Out of, out of the park. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to make a subtle reference, but you know, I feel like you and I are cursed in similar ways. Uh, you obviously have the legacy of Red Sox giant, uh, Ted Williams on your back, and I, I'm Mr. Wright. People, as you may guess, have been looking for me all their lives. <laughs> I feel like we have sort of a, a camaraderie here we need to share uh, at, at the outset. <laughs> That just means you're to my right, right? <laughs> you know, I'd much rather take that. Uh, so let, let's talk a little bit about uh, about search. Um, to, to set the context, uh, we'll first take on some of the pain points you've experienced in your enterprise search efforts. Obviously, there isn't a single thing to point at when search goes south. Uh, rather, you know, you have opportunities to resolve users' needs uh, and the challenges that, that companies have to overcome to do that. So uh, reflect for a bit for us on, on where enterprise search could use a hand in your experience? Well, I think one of the things that I str- we struggle with, and that is convincing leadership within an organization to the need to staff search to begin with, because, um, you know, we've, we've been led to believe that we can just buy this box and plug it in someplace and, and search is going to be wonderful. It's all going to be like Google and people are just going to be able to go in and type, type what, uh, queries they're looking for and the engine's going to know who they are and what department they're working in and what um, what uh, they specifically are looking for in some some way and uh, and we don't need the staff and uh, uh, or to think through the whole back end pieces of it and, and I, I guess right now that's where my head is at is trying to to overcome that mindset, to realize that search needs to have a staff, it needs to have people who can sit at the table, and uh, and uh, and have a voice, and not just be a secondary thing. We just hope to we can plug in and make it work. What what is it then that the artificial intelligence can't do that people can do? Because at some point, these vendors who are promising the world are making a compelling case to people with uh, who hold the purse strings. Yes, they are, and what it, what what I think they failed on to uh, what people fail to understand is you still have to have your content structured in some way. Uh, it has to be tagged or uh, some kind of of uh, uh, formats or are in some location. It has to be structured in some way for those uh, artificial intelligence to understand uh, tools to understand. Um, what it is that it's it's going to be serving back to you. Um, you know, I've seen some knowledge tools that, you know, that provide us with the help desk type stuff where it can serve back some interesting results. I can ask it a question. It gives me back an answer. But what, uh, what we have to understand there is those results have been formatted to be provided as answers. They're, you know, and the, the engine then can know where to go and find that little bit of information based on that query and bring it back and present it in a way that's that's usable. What I'm hearing now is people will say, well, we need Alexa in the enterprise. Well, first of all, I just can't see 
a cube farm where everybody's just talking to their <laughs> search. <laughs> I just, I, I really struggle to see that happen very well. You know, everybody's got a little, little Alexa box on their, uh, on their uh, desk, and you've got conversations going all over the place with the computers. Now we've got one in our house, and it it doesn't take long to devolve into just just strings of profanity at, at the Echo for not getting it. Like, <laughs> I, it just I I don't know how that I I can't see it. I can't see it yet. I, yeah, I'm the same way. I have uh, I have Cortana t- plugged into my Xbox, you know, and I, I walked in the other day and tell it to turn on, and it does nothing. And the, the, my grandsons are looking at me like. Um, why do you waste your time and money on that thing? <laughs> right, right. How quickly we become the insane person we all thought our grandparents to be. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but anyway, I, th- I think that, that that we have this idea that we can just go speak to uh, to our computers, and our computers can immediately interpret the meaning behind what we're trying to convey, the the feelings behind that, the you know. And it just isn't just doesn't work that simple. Um, I I've tried to go in and try to write rules for tagging content, for instance, and ever you know depending on where the the uh, the repository is at, the type of content that it is, uh, every rule has got to be nuanced based upon the user's expectation, and that's that's difficult to do intelligently without adding in that artificial intelligence to it. So what are the, some of the kinds of search engines you're trying to string together to make this, this stuff work? Currently we work within the, um, I work within a SharePoint environment. And so we're focused at this point in time on, on SharePoint. Um, in the past we've had other search engines and, uh, you know, each one has had its shortcomings. This kind of goes back to the whole idea that we don't staff it, we just plug it in. Uh, in the last 10 years, we've had, I think, four different search engines as our primary enterprise search. And uh, now we're at a point where they're asking questions about our existing search engine. Do we need to be looking for another? So we're out talking to vendors again. And uh, and I look at it and go, you know, if if you've had four different search engines, they're all good products, and if they're still not serving up the kind of results that you expect, maybe we need to be spending some focus, uh, some money, and focus on the back end of staffing that, and uh, you know, doing the uh, the rankings and the query rules and all the other uh, and the content tagging and enrichment that needs to happen on the back end, and not just uh, think we can just plug it in and uh, and make it happen. And you know, I was telling a story. I was on a project. Event a few years ago now, we were looking at moving from one search engine to another, and uh, it, we had—I uh, hate to you know name drop—but we had Google Search Appliance, and we were going to uh, swap that out for uh, SharePoint Search. And during that process, when um, one of the one of the segments of of our organization came to us and said we we need new search results and so you know we're going to stop using google we're going to start using your tool and uh, so we set that up but when we did set when we finally set it up uh the the uh requirements that came back to us were we want the exact same results we were getting with gsa to be delivered to us from your tool as well and they literally had people sitting there looking at search results from both search engines and making sure that they were getting the same results uh, that they had previously got. And I'm sitting there thinking mm. to myself, um, you weren't satisfied 
with the results you were getting using that tool. So we unplug it and we plug a new one in, but you want the same results. Uh, to me, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to track, man. I'm trying to, You're keep trying up. to track this, you know, the old <laughs> adage, what is the rule of, uh, what is the, uh, Definition of insanity, yeah. doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. But in this case, they wanted the same results, uh, <laughs> but somehow they wanted it different. I don't know. What Doc, it hurts when I do this. You know what I mean? Stop doing that. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's like we, there was no discussion about, you know, providing faceted search to this. No discussion. There was no no uh, metadata being applied to the back end of that. It no discussion just, changing the user experience for the better. Just give me the none. same thing. It was simply unplugging GSA, which, you know, as you know, uh, now is defunct. But uh -huh. it was a, basically a box plugged into a, a rack, uh, unplugging that and then switching it over to uh, SharePoint search which operates quite a bit differently we could have provided a whole different new experience and given it a try but no we're comparing one page with another page and demanding the same results though the results were never satisfactory i, I was going to pivot to a question about intelligent search and when i thought about that uh, it, it meant something different than it does now <laughs> 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 uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stick with it. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what intelligent search uh, means to you in in your work over there. Uh, but what are, what are you doing to to enable a more intelligent search? I think that you need to again you need to get back to the basics before you can expect anything intelligent. I mean, we there's a lot of tools out there that that can can help us in our um, uh, ability to make search a little more personal and practical. Um, Microsoft's doing some amazing things, of course, with the uh, with the whole graph. Um, we've got a lot of vendors who are promising that they've got tools that can understand, you know, uh, simple uh, uh, language and and that kind of thing. Um, I'm not. A, I'm of the opinion it's still again going to go back to: uh, Are we structuring content? Are we curating that content? Are we looking for um, you know, how do we determine which of that, what of that content is actually, um, uh, uh, you know, the truth, a body of truth, as opposed to just general trash that's been stored out there in our environments. I mean, we've got thousands of sites that we're, we're out here um, uh, uh, crawling. And uh, when you do a search for any given thing, you're going to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of results back. And how do we get through to what what uh, of those results is important and what isn't? Um, and so I think from the standpoint, I'm, I'm just not personally ready to move. I, I know that we need to be uh, stay abreast of all the technologies that are available to us. But I don't think, for the most part, in most of our organizations, technology is the the uh, the problem. I think that the problem comes back to uh, people and preparing and uh, determining what's important and what isn't. I sat in on a um, seminar at the Search and Discovery Conference last fall uh, over in D.C., and I, I heard uh, someone speak uh, from a very large uh, Fortune 100 company, and he, he uh, talked about his staff and what he does to lead the search 
uh, aspect of their, their company. And one of the things I thought was most intriguing of all the things he proposed was he said he was putting together a scorecard so that they could rate the sites that they are, um, that they're crawling. And if the site does not measure up, if the people who own that site aren't doing enough to tag their content, to structure their content, if they're not taking some responsibility for it, they stop crawling it. And, hmm. uh, if you want to, if you want your site crawled, you need to, you know, you need to, you bring it back up to, uh, up to speed. And, and I, I found that to be just intriguing because we're so, we just want to crawl everything. And everything people throw out there, no matter how it is. And then they get mad because they can't find it. And uh, this puts some of the onus back on the end user who's creating that content. What are you doing to make your content findable? Well, that's a that, that I think is a, an incredible point. I I, I feel like I, it takes me back to my very first day, my first job, right? Which was you know anytime I'm doing data entry, for example. And I I think there's something comes out of that experience that is now probably axiomatic. We'll see uh, that users don't care about you know structured data on input, but they care very deeply about it on output. Output. Sure. How do you how do you meet them in the middle? How do you meet your 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 teams at a place where you can change their habit and their belief about the importance of structured, well structured data on input when they need to care very deeply about it? And, and that's where I think the scorecard concept comes in because you have a tool then that comes back and says, "Well, you're not going to find your stuff because you're not measuring up." Yeah. You know, you're just not doing the work that needs to be done. You know, I. We we talked here about um, uh, we've got a, a group of people that are creating all this content in one tool and they want us to crawl it and somehow we're supposed to go through all of the content that's in that that repository and sort through it and find just the finished pieces you know and and uh, and I'm I'm saying to them and basically what they're doing is they're putting everything into a, a kind of like a file folder. So you might have pictures, you might have uh, some text, and you might have numerous pieces, and they all go into that folder. And then out of that comes a, a finished product, some kind of a brochure or flyer handout, that kind of thing, right? And so uh, they are throwing all that in there. We're having to think through and go through and spend all the money to try to figure out how do we make that, that, that finished piece findable out of all that stuff. And my, uh, you know, my suggestion has been, why don't you just take the extra minute or two and just publish it over to a gallery and tag it? And, um, and someone said, well, we can't add to the business process there. And I'm like, you're spending 20 hours, 30 hours creating a, um, brochure, doing all the creative work. Yeah. What's five more minutes? At the end of this, when all approvals are done, to say, copy this over to a gallery so that we can simply search that gallery and not have to spend all that money and all that energy sorting through all that other stuff that we don't even want to crawl. In my, my view here is the simpler is, is usually better. Yeah. If you can simplify it, and by simplifying it, I'm saying we can create a, a gallery over here. You just post it there. You tag it, or we can auto-tag it for that matter. We can go in and, and write some rules for that specific body of content because now we know what that body is, and that becomes your official. Why are we crawling multiple repositories over here with a bunch of stuff in it and trying to filter through that stuff? That's mm -hmm. that's That takes some uh a lot of thought, a lot of money, and a lot of time building huge 
uh, indexes that we then have to somehow parse down. Where we, you know, sim- simple truth is we could just move it to a gallery. And so often, and here's here's the other thing. And I, it, I've had talks with our team um, uh, in IT here about boiling it down to what we're really trying to accomplish. Um, my wife works for another company, another insurance company, um, and she would tell me the story how back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they, when a policy came through the company, it wasn't a very big one, and uh, they would uh, tie a balloon, a purple balloon to the policy so that they could track it through the offices. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you could tell, you know, if you come in in the morning and the balloon was at your cube, you have work to do. <laughs> oh All right. And I've talked to my team about the fact that in IT, basically what we're doing is we're trying to uh, we're trying to replicate that that balloon. You know, we're finding ways to track the work as it goes through the system, and we're trying to uh, make sure that the workflows are happening and and that uh, uh, content is is findable. You know, that balloon helped identify where that thing was at at that moment. Uh, that that content is findable, and and sometimes you know that balloon sounds ridiculously kind of funny and simple, but it but it worked. It's just the it doesn't scale, and. Uh, <laughs> I think we can accomplish that without having to get so complicated that uh, we spend hundreds of hours and literally, and you know that, you know, as well as I do in projects, it can be, it can take that long, hundreds of hours to sink, to figure out how to stable that balloon to that policy. A simple gallery would would do that Mm -hmm. because it's one place I can go to find it. Well, it starts to solve this problem of dispersed information, right? Of making sure that the the information that they need that's stored across separate tools is available when they need it, right? And that goes back to as well. um, I've had conversations with a number of people who think that we have to have one place that we can go to, one portal to log into in the morning that's going to have all the information we need. We're going to be able to find anything we want in a, in a moment from that one location. It's called Unicorn 1.0. Y- yeah, <laughs> and, and you know as well as I do, that's not um, that's not our our world outside of the, outside of work. If I need the restaurant, I grab my phone and I bring up Yelp and I look for a restaurant in my location, right? Uh-huh. If I'm looking for to buy a new computer, I'm gonna I might do a Google search real quick, but nine times out of ten, it's gonna lead me to Best Buy site or Walmart site or or Yama or Amazon site, and then from there, I'm gonna use their search tools to find the stuff based on the the uh, the facets that they've created. Right. So there's multiple there's you know uh, this idea. I like this idea of Search-based applications, meaning uh, that I have certain tools that take me to certain types of or bodies of content. Uh, I should have an HR app, uh, application where I can go find out about uh, the time off policy in my company. But if I'm confusing time off policy with an auto policy, which we sell, uh, it makes it much more difficult. Hmm. So uh, again, I, I think that abandoning this idea that one place is going to provide all answers um kind of like star trek where uh what was the episode where scotty's talking into a mouse in computer no computer (laughs) a keyboard how quaint how quaint (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly but you know vendors don't like to hear that because 
because they want to sell us these products that we can just plug in and it's going to be clairvoyant and yeah. understand uh, the needs and desires of every one of our associates as we struggle through mountains and mountains and mountains of content trying to figure out what we're looking for. And I'm of the opinion we've changed five and ten. Uh, we changed five, and in just over ten years, we'd be changing another one in another two or three years. Uh, this is uh, a, has been a fantastically pragmatic uh, approach here, and I, I certainly appreciate your insights. Fill in the blanks for me as we wrap up. If we can use this to to summarize, fill in this blank okay. and tell me why uh, why this matters. Machines will ultimately. Rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over, everybody. Put a fork in us. We're done. <laughs> Machines will ultimately uh, come up short. Why is why is that? When you, when you have these vendors and you have ultimately other organizations who are incredibly bullish on the ways machines can help us to automate, how do you square that? Because there are too many nuances um, for algorithms to to sort through people are people people have uh i can't read your mind you can't read mine and this machine certainly can't we all work differently we all process information differently i think machines are just going to come up short i'm um, you know i'm very impressed with the stuff i've seen uh the self-driving vehicles for instance and that kind of thing but i'm also very skeptical because i work with computers all the time and i know this about computers you have to reboot them a lot, <laughs> and they're not that that complex. Okay, ultimately, we what we've what we've uncovered here is uh, Ted Williams, once legacy of the Red Sox, is now a beacon of the robot uprising. <laughs> this is this has been a fantastic conversation, Ted, and and also a a terrific reminder of a refrain we have talked about on this show again and again. Staff your search, people. Staff yes, your search. Absolutely. Thank you for carrying that torch for us, Nationwide's Ted Williams. We sure appreciate your time here. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We hope you appreciate the uh, uh, conversation we've had here with Ted. For more of just these kinds of interviews and conversations, head over to BAInsight.com. You can go over to our resources tab and check out the podcast, or you can subscribe to us for free anywhere. Finer podcasts are served. Until next time, I'm Pete Wright. And on behalf of Ted Williams, we'll catch you right here on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insights.